1: Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow pow pow.
2: I am Sam Nifty Delaney, so what?
1: <laughs> Got a bit robotic there for some reason. I'm not yeah. sure why. It's the uh Zamo Odyssey. We're looking at the incredible period in television history when one of the most most loved characters on Greenhill suddenly became a smackhead. And uh, it shit us all right up, didn't it? So much. <clears throat> and we've just... um, In the last episode, we've just done the bit where... Um, we saw that bit where he was slumped in the back room of the uh, the arcade where Roland was working. All um, smack to fuck uh, with the foil and the matches on the ground. And just, just all off his fucking face, basically. Um, sad. And the trouble is... Out in our our stupid old man memories, we thought this was all resolved within about a week, yeah. And that um, he he ship Zamo would be shook out of it, and he'd suddenly become um, okay again. Um, but that's not what happened, because um, we remember in that period when he he tipped the Jackie tipped it down the sink, didn't she? His girlfriend Jackie.
2: Yeah, and and there was a bit where there was on the floor, <clears> and he was like. Jumped on the floor and was like trying to lick it up, which was a yeah. bit that like, always sort of lived with me.
1: Oh, yeah, that was it. I think it was they were just crumbs they on the
2: floor, and he was like putting his fingers on the floor and then licking his fingers. And You were yeah. really like, fucking hell. That was, yeah, I mean, really, now fucking half mm. the programs you watch are about drugs. Do you know what I mean? Like, we were talking mm. about our favorite TV shows, me and my good wife, and we were saying, now, like, you know, The Sopranos. <laughs> we're going yeah the Sopranos Breaking Bad which we just started watching again with our daughter who's quite into it Yeah, and The Wire and I was you know we were sort of agreeing yeah that's probably the best three t- TV shows we've ever seen and my daughter just went and they're all about drugs and <laughs> I was like oh no hang on no that's unfair it's all, it's all a bit different and she was saying yeah basically all the shows you watch are like Oh my god! I need some drugs. I'm a gangster. I'm going to sell some drugs. I'm a cop. I'm going to catch a drug dealer. And I was like, oh yeah, maybe she's right. Actually, it does all revolve <laughs> around yeah. drugs. But well, I hadn't yeah. really thought of that before. But um, but this was before all of that. I'd never seen. I'd seen a lot of drug taking, but I had not seen junkie action mm. like this before. Chilling.
1: Because then we brought
2: we... me to my core.
1: Yeah, we, we assumed the, the next episode would just pick it up where it left off. So we started watching the next episode, which was, I think, episode 15 of series 9. And uh, it's on BritBox. Uh, and it doesn't... There's, there's nothing... There's one brief glimpse of Zamu in it when he's just at school. Not on heroin for a bit.
2: No, but he does seem a bit... Um... Junkish. he looks a fucked yeah he looks really fucked he's gone all an pale and his shirt's <laughs> hanging out which yeah. is a classic sign of a junkie well I would,
1: I would also say that a lot of teenagers kind of look like that at that age
2: yeah true you but know? he looks particularly unhealthy and he's saying to his girlfriend no, I don't want to be here and she goes if yeah. not you'll be on the outside if you're not in part of the school magazine which means we're yeah. just means I've always been on the outside this is boring anyway <laughs> and we're all watching ring in the air we know what you'd rather be doing you horrible <laughs> junkie
1: <laughs> but the first 60 seconds or so of this next episode are incredible um, yeah the, you, it just opens with there's a new prefab being constructed for um, extra classrooms something must have happened in the school where they've had to build some extra classrooms outside yeah. did you have prefab classrooms? yeah yeah science,
2: all our science lessons were in um, uh, porter cabins we called them yeah
1: that's what they were wasn't it? yeah so um, so that's what they're doing they're, they're building it and Mr Baxter who's of course the PE teacher and the
2: Bullet Baxter the,
1: Bullet Baxter the bastard teacher of the school
2: wow he was hard but fair Bullet Baxter wasn't he yeah because he was there scary. was once a proper he bastard teacher and he decked him
1: yeah um, remember
2: that redecked that cunt
1: which teacher was it
2: there was a teacher. who was like, he was in it just for a few episodes, and he was a proper cunt. Like he was right. beyond just strict. Bucks he was like, him. <laughs> he bu- he bullied the t- he bullied the kids. Yeah. And it, watching it, you were really like, oh, this is really scary. Because I was at primary school still, but getting towards the end of it, so you're already shitting it about secondary school because you're thinking, fucking, our secondary school is going to be well scary. It's going you basically perceive it as being prison, as like yeah, prison, yeah. don't you? Yeah. And, um, so he already scared and there was this teacher, I can't remember his name, but he was like, a, he was a bully. He was like being very, he physically bullied the kids and all that, but then he hid it quite well right. from the other teachers. So the kids were distraught and I was like, oh, this is so scary. And then there's a brilliant episode where Bullet Baxter is walking past the classroom and he spies on what's happening right. and he doesn't like what he sees and he walks in and he just fucking sparks the cunt out <laughs> bang one punch mate we need the deep and McCluskey up. she finds out the truth she turns a blind eye really it's fucking yeah, hell she, he goes you know me I'm hard but fair but that bloke was a cunt so I've sparked him and here's my with- resignation letter and she's like I'm tearing it up <laughs> <laughs> I'm making this bit up the rest of it's true <laughs>
1: let's keep this between ourselves I'm tearing it up you did what you had to do he's gone now that's the main thing it's a great storyline yeah we'll have to deep dive that I think yeah Um, I also came across the uh, there's a compilation of Gripper Stebson's best moments as well on YouTube which is about 25 minutes long and the bit where Stebson gets expelled finally for the last time and Stebson was just an out and out cunt he was was a bully he was um, extorting money out of people he was a Openly racist character,
2: yeah, which I've forgotten racism, about. Yeah,
1: and really, really racist language, which you would not see on TV probably anymore. No. And um, it was Baxter that discovered what was going on; that he was up to his old tricks. And he, um Baxter almost went for Stebson as well, and Stebson kind yeah. of jumped back a little bit. He's like, "Oh, not so hard, are you?" That kind of thing.
2: <laughs> that, that's
1: worth a dive for the Stebson Odyssey.
2: Stebson I'd say <laughs> I remember when they arranged a massive fight with a rival school and Stebson at that point Stebson you sort of like appreciated having him around because he was like yeah, you need him my attitude like then was him. he's a bastard but he's our bastard he's our
1: bastard yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's these, there's these fellows working on the roof of this prefab and some of the kids are just standing watching as you would do because it's like oh this is something different let's look mm. at it let's see what's yeah. going on
2: yeah. let's chuck something at it
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember when the, the school playground got tarmacked one time and while the tarmac was still um, dry and it was still wet and moist kids were throwing marbles into it so that yeah, the marbles so would sink embedded. into it and they'd be stuck there forever
2: yeah. leaving a legacy <laughs> little bit of history that yeah For future generations to marvel at. (laughs) Yeah, but they do it so well. I sort of feel this early, this first opening scene is like a tableau um, of of like mid 80s, like youth. Because it's like they do a really wide shot of the playground in the morning. And you're so right. They're just standing and looking at it. (laughs) shouting things (laughs) which is basically exactly what you did if there was anything unusual happening you stood about and you shouted a bit and laughed (laughs) that's
1: that's exactly it so yeah anything (laughs) that deviate from the norm
2: from the norm just standing
1: around anywhere not looking at stuff (laughs) let's let's
2: stand around and have a bit of a laugh at
1: this (laughs) so there's a group of girls looking at what's going on and at Baxter says, Yes, all right, girls. It's only a man. You've seen one of those before. Go on inside. Yeah,
2: because the girls are shouting at the builder who's just some sort yeah. of geezer. He's
1: just some, a bit some, geezer, isn't he? Really.
2: Yeah. yeah, kind of like, you know, exasperated bloke with, with stubble and a fag on the guy. He's up the ladder. <laughs> middle-aged Probably guy, drunk really. From the before. And they're shouting at him, Ooh, show us your ankle, sexy. <laughs> 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 I tell you what, I don't know whether this is true or not, right? But. Girls did a lot more of that. Like when I was a a teenage boy, teenage girls that you encountered in the world were extremely intimidating. Yeah, totally. Like, they they'd do that. Oh, sexy, like that, like catcalling and stuff. Um, I don't know if that goes down as much anymore, but it was a good, very good reflection of it in this because it's not even the rough girls doing it, like the the hard nut girls or the naughty yeah. girls. These girls are just normal girls, but they're just taking their opportunity to cat call a builder.
1: Yeah, yeah, they, they were fearless teenage girls back then. Probably still are more so, I reckon. So I don't I know. Used what, to, there uh, was
2: a bus. I used to. I used to have to wait for a bus home. Uh, there was a school coach but it only took me like half the way home so I lived quite far from school so then we'd get off the school coach my mates would walk back to houses but I'd have to wait for a bus now this bus stop I waited at I could get three different buses right Mm. any of the three buses that stopped they all came from three different roads and I could see and I would watch them thinking which it was like you know what window are we going to go through today which bus is going to come right and two of them came from two separate areas, but they would both be carrying two separate girls' schools. So whatever bus you got on meant a different encounter with different schools. The one that came over the bridge, the 27, that would have kids from another mixed comprehensive that was a rival of my school. So there'd be lads on there, and if they saw your uniform, you'd be on your own, there'd be no other kids from my school, and Mm. there could be aggro, right? So that was Mm. quite dangerous. But I can tell you now, I would pray for that bus to come first because no matter what could go down on that bus it wouldn't be as bad of the guaranteed verbal onslaught I would get <laughs> from either of <laughs> the other two buses that both went past really rough state girls schools right <laughs> I'd get on the fucking normal bus with rival lads who, where it might get physical but you think oh well, I it we... might get physical but yeah. I can probably talk my way out of it or keep a low one and it'll be fine If I get on either of the girls' school buses, I am fucked. There is no hiding place. Before you're even on the bus, they've clocked you out the window and they're shouting obscenities at you. Yeah. Obscenities. They are firing impertinent questions. (laughs) That's an (laughs) impertinent question. Have you got pubes yet? (laughs) I'm not telling you. (laughs) I bet you have. Go on, kiss a look. I'm just trying to go about my business. Please leave me (laughs) be. I'm alone, my friends have all gone home, I live far from my own school. I'm completely (laughs) isolated. (laughs) I don't want to show you my penis. (laughs) God, yeah. Girls' schools Um, were the scariest.
1: Yeah. So it's a prefab that they're knocking up. Ant. Do you remember Ant?
2: Uh, Yeah, is the one with a sort of quite a big quiff? Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: he's a smart mouthed fucker. Yeah, and um, him and one of the others are having a look at this prefab and testing the handrail out and stuff. And he says, "He says uh, a nice new classroom." And Baxter's there, and he says, "You don't <laughs> deserve a new classroom. Go on, up it." Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> that seems really brutal. You don't deserve a new classroom. Yeah, why? Why not, <laughs> sir? Because yeah.
2: you you're should cunts. be sitting
1: on the ground learning.
2: <laughs> what, what? Why not, sir? You cunts. You don't fucking deserve anything nice in life. What? Where's really? the counter? Don't, Don't be like that.
1: <laughs> and then there's more girls watching the work. when he's the Baxter's there again. That's right, girls, men at work. Something, some of you could take a lesson from. So watch and learn. But for the <coughs> moment,
2: shift. <laughs> hell! Again. Watch and learn. Don't watch again. and learn. Fuck off. He's like literally. They've all come in for the morning. They're there, they're there, and I think you know what do they say? Ninety percent is showing up. Is it 90% or is it 50%? Is it, I don't know. Something percent is showing up. Okay. And I believe that with school. You know, I t- I'm very upfront with my with my kids. I'm like, of course you don't like school. School, for the most part, is shit. So if you're just turning up, right, and then you're handing your homework in, that in, in itself is pretty heroic, right?
1: Yeah.
2: I do think that. I think school's yeah. fucking shit. So they have to turn up every day and make the best of it and so it's like so all these kids have turned up at school and Baxter is there to the moment they walk through the gates and he is absolutely fucking savaging them and he is decimating their self esteem for no reason the moment they're through the gates you don't deserve a classroom you don't know anything about hard work but you could learn it if you looked at men more but don't
1: fuck off instead (laughs) yeah
2: unbelievable
1: (laughs) But then the greatest moment of the scene happens. The, the, yeah. the, the workman's now got his work polo with him. The two of them standing there. Danny Kendall saunters up out of nowhere, and uh, Danny Kendall is really aggressive towards them. And he just oh. Danny Kendall just says, "Gives a fag."
2: Yeah. <laughs> he's got Danny Kendall does not give a fuck. He's the Danny smallest Kendall's kid incredible. in his year. Yeah. He's the smallest kid in his year. But the thing is, he's perfect because every school. Pretty much every year group has a fucking super weirdo of that nature. Yeah. Who looks like he's got nothing about him, but has got bigger balls than even the biggest yeah. kid in the year. Yeah. And that's Danny Kendall. He's his own yeah. man, isn't he?
1: Yeah. Incredible, Danny Kendall. Incredible character. Gives a fag. And the workman says, Oh, a smoker, eh? That's what stunted your growth, mate.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> really rude
1: so, so it's Danny Kendall kind of, as a kind of a shit comeback, he just says, You're smoking.
0: I don't
1: know. I don't know what that's. Yeah, what's that supposed to mean? Some kind of Jedi mind trick or something. I don't know, Hmm. but it works because the workman gives him a fag.
2: She She said, "Yeah, it stunted your mum's growth as well."
1: (laughs) So Danny Kendall puts the um, puts the fag in his top pocket of his blazer, Uh, the pocket that has the badge on it. Um, Baxter comes fucking dashing over. Kendall, what do you think you're doing? Kendall says, "Watching and learning, sir." And Baxter pulls the fag out of his pocket and crumbles it up in front of him.
0: <laughs>
2: he goes, well, watch and learn. Yeah. And then he has a pop at the fucking builder as well, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, he says, that goes for you and all.
2: The builder's Baxter's like, just what? in charge
1: of everyone. In fact, yeah, fact yeah. of
2: it's that. Like, teachers sometimes do think like that, though, don't they? Mm. They get drunk on power and they start to think that their authority stretches beyond the children.
1: But you if wouldn't I, if take I was that builder, Baxter? I'd go. Do
2: you know what, mate? You can talk to your kids like, that, but actually, that was my fag I gave it. I gave to him. So yeah. don't crush it. Give it back to me. And as for the fucking life advice, save it, cunt.
1: Yeah, but you wouldn't take Baxter. On, I don't care who you are. It's it's his turf, isn't it?
2: No, I've seen Baxter in action. Like I say, when he sparked out yeah. that cunt teacher, like yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't fight him readily.
1: So it's a great episode. But as we say, there's no kind of extra um heroin content in it was there anything else that stood out on it because there was a few good bits
2: there's yeah. loads of well first of all there's a brilliant um they're planning a school magazine which obviously yeah. would appeal to you and I as fans of ed- editorial craft yeah. and um and craft and they and the t- it's a great scene because they have this meeting to decide to discuss launching a student-run magazine Mm. that but they want it to be the kids are like if we do this we want to actually have we don't want it to just be a load of old bollocks we want to have uh, an ability to do proper journalism tell people what's really going on in the school scrutinize the management of the school and campaign for things we believe in Mm. and there's one teacher who's Quite young and northern, and seems a little bit, teacher, radical, isn't it? Yeah. Little yeah, bit yeah, radical. Yeah, a little bit radical, right? And then there's a couple of quite posh, condescending female teachers who are yeah. quite attractive, by the way, mm. but yeah, also but a also. bit like, well, can't we just have things like poetry and collages? And like, he's <laughs> yeah, no. a bit. You can see the Norman teacher thinking, "Fuck here now, shut up." We can Karen. make a difference, right? Right, Wicked. and the uh, and the kids are a bit like, no, we don't want to do it like that. And they go, well, I don't know how we can do it. And then one of them. Is it fate? She goes. I know I'm only a second year, but I thought we could do it like a fanzine. And someone goes, yeah, fanzine. It's What's Callie, that? isn't it? Callie yeah. And she used to goes hang around with gunch. Yeah. And she yeah. goes. I've uh, I've co- I've collected some over the holidays it's to show you. she's got a huge pile. She, she's got a huge pile of um <laughs> of really excellent fanzines. It's a great scene because their eyes are yeah. open wide, and one of them goes. These are amazing, and they look like they are amazing. I'd love to know if they were real ones or if they'd just been mocked mocked up for the show. Well, I'll tell you, I saw the title of a couple of them, and one was called Valium. (laughs) Hey!
0: (laughs) Which I found really funny.
1: (laughs) Jalapeño.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
2: But they look great, they're really inky, you know, photocopied yeah. numbers. And the uptight sort of middle class teachers are a bit like, ooh, oh good. I think we she's a stupid bitch. She goes, I think we can aim a bit higher than a comic. Yeah. And you think Fuck you not. silly closed minded cow. Do you know what I mean? Like she's yeah. what she's expecting fucking readers' digest. These are kids trying to express the kids themselves. They need their voice to be heard. Yeah. The and they're trying to be the way creative. They do it. They're trying to be creative and innovative, right? I think we need a comic, but then Callie goes, no, it's just an interesting way of putting things together. And I thought, you're bang on, Callie. You fucking tell her that is an interesting way of putting things together. Um, but then there's a scene later when, um, I think it's Faye takes over being like, she sort of drives the project. Is it Faye? Right. And she, know, she basically bumps into, into that Northern teacher in the street. Right. And he goes, oh, is, is, are those the editorial pages you've got there? And she goes, yeah. And he goes, I'd love to look at them. I tell you what, you fancy a coffee, and you see something brewing there, big Uh-oh. style,
0: Uh-oh. big
2: style. He's quite young, he's got yeah. boyish, he's got boyish good yeah. looks. Groomy, she's groomy. like, a, she's a fifth year, and they sit down and have a coffee in a caff, and he smokes a fag. He smokes a fag oh. up in front of her, and she's like, oh, like that and you think okay i think i remember this storyline i think something goes down between them and he ends up getting the sack. Yeah. <laughs> but this is just to start of that while um the only other thing i want to talk about is the background detail because for instance when they're in that cafe he goes do you fancy grabbing a coffee and i thought i don't remember people saying grabbing a coffee in the mid 80s that's weird and obviously there were no coffee shops there weren't any coffee shops really till the late 90s right not the likes mm. of Starbucks and all the chains and stuff like that so
1: was it just a regular caff they went to it's
2: a calf. It's, they're just in a greasy yeah. spoon and, and it's c- quite cof- smoky coffee is there.
1: shorthand for sophistication then isn't it
2: yeah well they drink, they drinking it from they're drinking they are drinking it from mugs they're drinking it from mugs and he's lives, having a fag it? Yeah. yeah and he's treating her a bit like uh, he's treating her <clears> like, an, like an adult like an yeah, equal that, and that obviously that appeals so you see her looking at him yeah we're
1: going to drink coffee
2: in the background while they're having this chat this lovely little cosy chinwag and looking over the editorial pages um Fine Young Cannibals with their hit cover version of Suspicious Minds is playing on the stereo in the cafe which I thought that, and there's quite a number of little kind of um pop cultural details throughout this episode so there's that I picked up on that because obviously that's a great song Mm. um And then, when they they, one meeting, which is another great realistic thing that anyone who went to state school in the 80s will remember, is they're doing a drama lesson and they're a second year class and they're complaining because there wasn't any available classroom space, so they're having to do it in the locker room. And I'm going, bloody hell, they don't care anything about second years. We're stuck in here having to do a lesson. And the teacher going, all right, calm down, calm down. This is all we've got this week. We'll find somewhere better next week. And uh, one of the girls goes, anyway, stop complaining, everyone. The important thing is we just get to learn. And they're going, "I'll shut Mm. up. What, do you fancy him or something? Anyway, they're in this locker room. And uh, they're trying to do the lessons as best they can. But you see the thing stuck to the wall behind them. And behind one of them is Clive Allen in a QPR kit which I think might be a bit out because I'm pretty sure by 85, 86 he might be, have been already signed for Tottenham but I'm not sure it might have been just before. So there's a lovely big picture of Clive Allen in a QPR shirt stuck to one of the lockers um, which reminds me of one of the pull-outs that we get in Royal the Rovers most weeks. Mm. And on another locker behind another girl there's a picture of Martin Kemp who we were talking Hooray. about on one of the episodes earlier <laughs> this week. And behind another person, there's just one of uh, George and Andrew from Wham.
1: Oh, brilliant. And
2: uh, obviously, I'm just buzzing off all these pictures, basically, while I'm watching it. So, they got all the details right in Grange Hill. They got all the details spot on. They never patronised the the viewers.
1: Schools were really grubby and shit then.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you
1: did have to do things in, in parts of the school that weren't meant for, because the facilities weren't there. It was just like six years into Thatcherism and everything had been fucking run down. It was run down to start with.
2: It was like but I remember, like, with.
1: it was about 85, 86, when there was teacher strikes on, and we yeah. would go in, and oh, you I would get... Them. you If you if the teacher you were supposed to have for, like, third period or something was on strike, and nobody was going to cover or be a scab, you'd get, yeah. like, a green slip. And it would yeah. say, such and such, lesson cancelled. And it was to kind of... You had to fuck off. Yeah. And it was in case, like, I don't know, a copper stopped you in the street or something and says why aren't you in school or if you went home and your parents says why are you not in your lessons you had this slip
2: I've got a green the, slip
1: the, the school would give you say yeah I've got free period because the teacher's on strike and that went on for months
2: I don't I don't remember getting green slips at my school but I do remember like a lot of industrial action like yeah. loads and uh, and what it generally meant was we got lots of days off school as a result so yeah, we, yeah. we were quite grateful to Thatcher in that sense as kids <laughs> yeah exactly (laughs) she was forcing them into that position trying to breed the next generation of voters by giving them time off school when my uh, when my daughter was looking at um, secondary schools you know and you do a tour round them all and uh, I'll be doing it again with Len next year or later this year and uh, so we went and I was like say like the schools that we went to in the 80s were very run down um, but now you go around them, and I don't know if it's the same in Sunday, but most state schools are academies, basically. Yeah. right? So comprehensives on the whole have been replaced by academies, which as far as I can tell, are basically the same, but they're funded in a slightly different way, right? Yeah. And um, uh, these academies, uh, a lot of them are new builds. So I went to some of these schools... I wouldn't say they were luxury, but, you know, they're like modern buildings that have heating and proper toilets. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? And, like, aren't just crumbling <laughs> Victorian hellscapes like the ones we attended, <laughs> they've got, right?
1: They've got indoor toilets, which we didn't always have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My primary so school had like, toilets
2: pretty new buildings like modern looking with lots of glass and steel and all of that. Not all of them but a lot of them I think we looked at about six schools and the majority were looked like they'd been built at some point in the last 20 Mm. years let's say, right? Um, And then we went to my old school which is which is sort of somewhere in between so it's the same buildings and everything but it's had stuff added to it so it's a bit better than I went there, right? But then... We went to the school my brothers used to go to. So all of my old brothers went to a different local school, comprehensive school, and it the basically the freedom got bombed out, and so I couldn't go there. And I right. went and I, <laughs> and I went to a school that was you know much further away from home. It was a comprehensive, but it was like quite a few postcodes away, so I had a long journey to get there. And uh, anyway, I went into my brother's old school, right? Because apparently it had improved since the eighties, and it was a fucking shithole I used to go in that school for like parents evenings Mm. and we used to play football there in a sports hall and it was a shithole then and it was just the same but worse but do you know what's funny is that I was there and I was supposed to be doing as a parent touring it to see if it'd be a suitable place but all I kept doing was taking pictures of it and sending it to my brother Cass and just fucking antagonising him about what a shit hole his school was, right? <laughs> and he totally fucking rose to it. <laughs> and then Anna's like, my wife's like, what are you on your phone for? We're supposed to be listening to Headmasters giving a speech, being on your phone the whole time. And it's basically, we're literally having a row about whose school was shitter or, and And then that obviously segued into whose school was harder. Because <laughs> I'm like, this school's still a fucking shit hole, and from what I from what I've seen of the kids, it's still soft as shit as well. It's your fucking, <laughs> you can fucking talk. We could have had your school any fucking day. <laughs> but yeah, God. some of those schools. My brother's old school still now. It's supposed to be a good school now, but in terms of its uh, structural integrity, mm. it is like still the same. Peeled paint, freezing cold broken windows, just Victorian buildings, basically. Yeah, yeah, they
1: were, yeah. Like, I was seemed like my primary school had outdoor toilets and you weren't allowed to go indoors. There was an indoor yeah. toilet, you weren't allowed to use it during break times, you had to go to the outside ones. And there was no oh, yeah. roof on it, it was just this brick fucking construct.
2: Oh, we at least had a roof. All our toilets were outside, but we <clears> did have a roof.
1: Nah, there was no roof on it. Fucking just had to stand there and piss into this trough. There was piss on in that! Piss in there. <laughs> you shouldn't even be pissing at your age. What have you been drinking? <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to drink anything then you go home uh,
0: I was watching you an episode of at, Sweeney and and you, know boss, you know their boss
2: you know boss in the Sweeney who's quite posh and he's bald yeah. I can't remember his name and like Regan goes in for a meeting with him and Re- Regan goes yes sir and the, he starts complaining to him and the geezer just pours milk out of a carton really slowly mm. it's like a power plate <laughs> into a glass until the tumbler is <laughs> full right to the top and then he picks it up and slowly, like downs it all in one gulp. And then he puts the glass back down. And Regan sat there looking at him, like, "What the fuck? What's going on here?" He's called me for a meeting. He's just drinking milk. And he fills the glass back up again, and then he just looks at Regan, and he just goes, "I drink five pints of milk a day, Regan." He goes, "It's not doing. It's not not doing any good." And you just say because a ring and a Regan just looks at him like, oh, well, is that what you called me for? And that's like the end of the scene. And it never gets Spooky mentioned health. again.
1: That was a thing back then though. Milk was supposed to be a provider of fucking health and vitality, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's like now
2: smoothies. That's what I realized, like you know, yeah. juices and smoothies, yeah. everyone's like oh, I'll have a green juice it and all of this stuff. That was milk, yeah. wasn't it?
1: you'd come in from playing football or so you'd get a pint of milk out of the fridge and you'd fucking drink yeah. it out the bottle or something like that because you'd think that your bones had
2: got a little bit damaged during football yeah, but by drinking your milk they'd get strong again
1: yeah I've just remembered as well I was watching uh, an old episode of Bullseye as I regularly do yeah. late at night and it was first series 1981 and it was the charity bit where a darts player comes on tries to get 301 in, in nine darts yeah for, to raise money for the chosen charity of the contestants and it got about 190 quid, however it was. And the contestants said their chosen charity was, they were trying to donate money to the local school to build some indoor toilets.
2: <laughs> 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 oh, that's nice. <laughs>
1: and G- Jim Boyle was kind of like taking aback. back. It was like, fucking hell, what?
2: Toilets what are like well... a different. hospital
1: unit or something like that. You know, toilets
2: now, they, I don't know if this is the same <clears> at your kids' school, but they have individual cu- toilets now, like normal mm. Like human toilets, yeah, like I yeah. Call them. because they realized that everything bad going on in a school was fucking stemming from the toilets. Yeah. When I was the first, second, third year, I would never go into the I'd hold on to a piss all day because it was so yeah. fucking scary going to it so yeah. fifth years, all fucking smoking in there, yeah. and you'd go in and they would just like, it would be hell.
1: Yeah, everything box, shit was away.
2: going on in toilets so yeah. now they have proper human toilets for the children which I think is good it was the good.
1: fucking HQ wasn't it
2: it was just Rally HQ for forgiving. like the worst stuff
1: yeah <laughs> there's another speaking of smoking there's another good little subplot in this episode where there's a bit of a campaign about stopping smoking, smoking. Yeah. because everyone seems to smoke yeah, the like,
2: kids, the teachers and, and the they teachers, all smoke indoors as yeah. well
1: yeah there's the bit where they're having a bit of a meeting Gonch and Trevor Cleaver and yeah. some of the others and they're in the, they're in the I think it's the bike shed yeah. and Gonch sits down in the bit where they put all their their fag ends yeah. and then there's another bit where they're in the classroom where they're having that meeting about the school magazine I think it is and Ziggy gets pushed over and he yeah. lands kind of hand first in a pile of fag ends This is yeah. just fucking fags everywhere, everywhere. in this school you skull. cannot escape it and just, that's
2: also true like everywhere was, there were ashtrays every yeah. fucking way on a bus fag ends everywhere in a yeah. pub obviously but at home everyone in my house apart from me smoked and the fucking house was just every single surface out of uh, an ashtray that was over yeah. fucking flowing with ash and fag ends. everywhere was fags couldn't get away from it I like it when totally. Gotch, they offer him Trevor Cleave says smoke and he goes no thanks, I can't stand the smell I don't want to uh, anyway I don't want to get the ash on my threads do I because he thinks he's a bit yeah, classy yeah. and he's yeah. I did notice about Grunch I'd forgotten is he's got these very adult spectacles with tinted <laughs> like, lenses like
1: brown tinted lenses aren't they yeah, yeah
2: which is pure like Mike <laughs> Reed isn't it <laughs> Already, Butcher. the tinted lens is a cocky wanker classic he's an
1: adult in waiting isn't he he's a man on the up Gunch, he's got big ideas yeah. and he's not going yeah, to yeah, hang around yeah. what, know, he's uh, did you also notice fucking...
2: that they all smoke B&H which I think's a <laughs> right geezer fag <laughs> I don't know I whether it was that. because they were in gold boxes but uh, I always thought they were they were like expensive <laughs> and they were for the discerning geezer around town do you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah. I, think, I, I think it's a hard fag but I think age. it was also expensive, so, I mean, like, no right. offence, but I think it was more of a southern fag. I don't know that. Oh, I that. see, yeah. I don't Only know what, that. We,
1: I don't, I'm not sure what we, so maybe it's Regals. It was
2: Regals yeah. a bit further down I think there, there was a, I mean, people will be able to tell us this, because neither of us were smokers, but I'm pretty sure there was a, a north-south divide when it came to fags. Right. In those days, and I that. think that B&H was a bit of a cockney fag. Right. but I'm not sure get in touch and let us know I say that but yeah. Oasis released them um, their singles in a box set in the 90s and they were all in a um, you could buy them in a uh, plastic B&H presentation case that's right yeah so, I remember them I from know.
1: the L price mm.
2: Um
1: the only other Main thing in that episode, which has got fuck all to do with his ammo or heroin, is Mister Mister Griffiths, their caretaker, who's on this demented oh, campaign because there's a library book amnesty. They're all bringing back the library books at over. Which due. I
2: thought great idea.
1: Yeah, brilliant, and it, it's working because the kids are all bringing books back. Yeah, but Griffiths is just refusing to accept the concept of an amnesty, and yeah. he's trying to police the whole thing. he's just got fuck all to do with him. It's got, fuck it's got, fuck got nothing to do with the library. You're
2: fucking sweeping, you can
1: Yeah, he's just a fucking book Hitler. Yeah, storming around. So they do this thing where they're, they're running around the playground with books, trying to get up and yeah. chase them. And yeah, I yeah. don't understand that either. But it's it seems but like it's fun. just
2: what it, what that is is an example of, you know, the the boredom that you're experiencing every day as a kid, as a school kid. Yeah, you will go to such lengths to alleviate that, and the imagination yeah. that it takes. And there's always like leaders of those kind of things. In this case, it's Gunch. Who just yeah. dream up ways to waste time that are fuck it to, to waste time and antagonise adults in a mostly benign way?
1: Yeah, we call just it high jinx, maybe.
2: wound up, basically.
1: High jinks, <laughs> would we call it? Or
2: yeah, and it's brilliant. Scripts. And I thought them doing that was like, yeah, that's just Gonch coming up with a classic. This will pass the time. We'll yeah, just right. wind up that and, fucking uptight caretaker. We'll
1: wind up with authority figure.
2: Yeah. And at the end, the final scene. I don't know if you got to him, but the final scene is. Uh, Gonch goes into the caretaker's office and he's been Mm. basically a cunt all the way through the episode this caretaker Mr Griffiths and they go in to give him a copy of the new school magazine which he's not interested in but when they walk in he's smoking a pipe right but he's he's desperate for the kids not to know so he goes oh what are you doing barging in here and he quickly gets (laughs) his pipe and he puts it in the pocket of his cardigan right (laughs) and thinks that and they go oh what's that smell sir and he goes, "It's the boiler, it's the boiler." Anyway, what do you want? And they go, "Oh, we've just got this new fancy." Oh, nice cardigan, by the way, sir. Shame it's on fire. And he goes, <laughs> "What?" And he's put the pipe set fire to his cardigan from inside the pocket. And the episode ends with Mister Griffiths <coughs> on. <laughs> yeah, with Mister on fire, we've got Brilliant. pissing himself laughing, and you're left to think maybe he just dies. <coughs> he's yeah, a few minutes life. Yeah. Maybe the skull birds down as well. Next episode <laughs> opens with his charred remains.
1: <laughs> uh, we'll leave it there. Next time, we're going to look at the Just Say No video, uh, and we'll have a look. Uh, there's a Wikipedia page which highlights all of the Zamo heroine story. Because as I said, it, it carries over into the following series. It yeah. wasn't over as quickly as I kind of remembered it. So we'll we'll have a little look at that, and then that's probably the end of the Zamo Odyssey and there we go and that is it and thank you and
2: goodbye goodbye